What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 108, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am super stoked to be here with each and every one of you today. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's extremely excited by today's date because he knows everybody in the chat's going to be watching. A little extra light on their feet, Frank. How you doing? Somebody's in a good mood today. You think I wouldn't be? You think I wouldn't be? I don't know a damn thing about hockey. Let me be clear. As Stephen A. would say, Travis Dunway says, yo, let's go crack again. Skoke says, dudes, dudes, Vinny with the 420 glasses. I was wearing these last week. I was wearing these last week or two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? It was, no, it was last week on Wednesday because we've had two shows since Wednesday. Uh, happy playoff Thursday to you, Tom. Very excited to be here today. We're hoping that today's games resemble yesterday's games where the teams that lost in game one win game two. That's what we're hoping for here on this bar down Thursday. Um, but let's, let me explain something. Yesterday, I went to the Chicago White Sox game for the first time this season. And I would like to thank the Vite family for inviting me to take said tickets. It was very nice of you. Um, yeah, saw the Sox get smoked. Saw Trey Turner hit his first home run of the season. First home run in a Phillies uniform. That was really cool. Oh, yeah, your guy, your guy, dude. Trey Turner, he's a beast, man. He was awesome for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. And now he's playing for the Phillies for the first time in his career. All is good. Wasn't even mad about it. The White Sox stink. That's okay. I'm happy to watch Trey Turner hit his first home run of the season in person. But that's why we're doing this show today, early in the morning, with you guys at an unusual time once again. But I really don't think it matters because... We're going to be talking playoffs all throughout playoffs. It doesn't matter if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It doesn't matter. We're talking hockey, and we're going to get to all the excitement in period number one. Hello to my friend Foster. Very happy you're here with us today. 10.35 in the morning Central Time, 11.35 East Coast Time. Frank. The New Jersey Devils suffered a hand of defeat to the New York Rangers on Tuesday. Your thoughts? It had to be rough to watch for you. Yeah, no it had doubt. To be very rough. They uh, they looked flat. Yeah. Ultimately, they didn't play bad. I wouldn't say in terms of limiting the Rangers' chances to score. Only gave up twenty three shots on goal, which if you're a team, you live for those types of games. Limit the opposing chances that the Rangers would get to score and then go from there. And then you just play well defensively and play well in net. But Vanacek just didn't look like he did all season. The power play was horrendous. They were 0 for 4 on the power play. And they didn't even get a shot on the power play. So their special teams looked piss poor. Um, yeah, and Vanacek just didn't live up to what we saw from him in the regular season, which goaltending was a scary part for me for the New Jersey Devils. We know how good Vanacek's been, but if he goes down the hill, what what happens there? So I think in game two tonight, we need to see some changes from the New Jersey Devils. Timo Meyer played with Dawson Mercer at the end of game one. Is that going to happen in game two? Are some lines going to be changed? Are we going to see them play together? Maybe. I think it needs to happen. Um, I don't think... I don't know how you'll feel about this, but I think that they should start Schmid. 
I really think they they should give him the nod. I know how good Vanacek's been this season, right? He's been the best goalie that the Devils had this season. But um, I, I love the way Schmid has played this season. And I, I love to see him get a little bit of playoff experience under his belt instead of sitting as a backup for the whole series. Um, I, I think that would light a fire under their asses. I really do. I, I have a feeling you'll disagree with me because of how well Vanacek's been this year. But I, I'd love to hear what you think. It's not that I disagree with you. I just I can confirm it's not the case. Vanacek is starting for the Devils today. That has been confirmed. Uh, Schmid is backing up. So everything you're saying is spot on in terms of, you know, Schmid, not Blackwood. Um, Blackwood is watching the game from the press box, which I would like to do. But Blackwood probably wouldn't. Um, the defense pairs are going to stay the same. They did an okay job. I, I hated – you're right, special teams was a killer. They gave up two power play goals to the Rangers and couldn't even, you know, muster up a shot in the first three of their four power plays altogether in the game. So, Timo Meyer played the first game on his third line, which is kind of where the Devils ended the season with him, playing with Boquist and uh, – I'm trying to think of who else it would have been, Boquist and – uh oh no Boquist and Halla Boquist and Halla that's what it is and that's not gonna happen he's starting the game with Nico Heischer and Dawson Mercer on the top line they didn't allow a shot when they were playing together in the final and it was only three minutes of ice time together with Meyer and Heischer but that's gonna that's gonna be the case in this one and I'm honestly expecting a big line because Nico was the devil's best forward in their game against the Rangers Jack you scored the goal the penalty shot I think their problem in that game, I counted on my own without even like officially scoring it or whatever. I counted like six or seven chances that the Devils had to put one on Igor and they passed it last second. That can't happen. That cannot happen. I hated the first period. They played a little bit better in the later part of the first period, awful in the beginning of the second period, finished the second strong, played well the whole third. If they replicate certain portions of the last game, I think they can win this one. And obviously, I, I'm kind of calling this must-win for the Devils. Um, I, like, Jack Hughes getting the last goal on a goalie. I don't really count the empty netter. Empty netters don't really kill momentum going forward in a series. I think Jack Hughes' goal kind of – they didn't get shut out. They didn't get shut out once this whole regular season. Only them and the Leafs. Only them and the Leafs, the only two teams that didn't get shut out once than the 2022-23 season. And the Devils avoided that happening in the first playoff game, creating that narrative. They're not going into this game with pressure to just score a goal. They need to play at their lines. Meyer with Heischer and Mercer. Palat with Hughes and Bratt. Wood stays in the lineup somehow. He had a terrible game. Bad penalty led to the Kreider goal um, with Hala and Tatar. Thought Tatar has been awesome all season long. Sharon Govich gets back in the lineup. And the reason I think that is huge, Boquist comes out. I would have taken Wood out instead of Boquist, but Lindy Ruff. Sharon Govich is the Devils' best penalty killer. He's their best penalty killer by far. And they gave up two power play goals last game. You get Sharon Govich in there, maybe things are different. I don't know why he sat in the first game. That just made no sense to me. That was almost as dumb as the Wild starting Marc-Andre Fleury last night, which we'll get to. They are going to get a boost from that on the pe- uh, penalty kill. Um, you never know what happens at five on five. You put a sniper like that on the fourth line with McLeod and Bastion, who aren't bad players themselves. Um, I'm going into this thing knowing that changes are going to be made, 
And I'm actually expecting a big game here from the Devils. It will be a major letdown if a game like Tuesday happens again. I know you think the Rangers are going to win the series, and we're not, you know I don't expect anybody to change their predictions after one game by any means. You know I'm I'm riding and dying with this Devils team. I I really don't care what anyone thinks about it either. And you know that's what you do when you make picks or ride with your team. Um, changes need to be made though otherwise they're not going to win luke's not going to play um i don't necessarily disagree with it the rangers looked ready they looked more adjusted to the playoff game now it's the devil's starting to do that and you have that one game under your belt that's enough of experience to kind of make a game to game adjustment if you're some of these younger players and you know we'll see what happens if the devils win this game I'll see no reason they can't split at Madison Square Garden. Oh, you picked Rangers in seven. I picked Devils in seven. Meaning you wouldn't be shocked if the Devils won in seven, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Rangers won in seven. Got to make it a close series, though. I know the team that loses game one always has extra pressure on them in game two because you don't want to go down to nothing. And we've only seen one series have a two-nothing lead so far. Uh, I have a feeling there will be one or two tonight. But actually, maybe not. But – I don't know. The, the the Devils get it together, man. That was a, a tough way to start. Um, if you finish if you start this game the way you finished last one, they'll have a chance to win it. Yeah, you can't you also can't pass up on open opportunities. I mean, this is a devil's team that finished second in the metro. Get the puck on the net. You got the guys that could score. We've seen it all year. They almost won the metro. So just don't pass up on those missed opportunities. Give the Rangers some credit here. Every every Guy they wanted to see on the score sheet got on the score sheet. Kane had an assist. Tarasenko had a goal. Keandre Miller had a couple assists. Adam Fox had a couple assists. All the guys you expect to see scoring for the Rangers scored and had a great game. But the Devils are better than this, and they need to not pass up on too many scoring opportunities. If they could fix up their mistakes from game one, then, I mean, I have confidence that they can make this an even series. I agree. Sharon Govich hopefully could help take out Kreider, too, on the power play. That guy's just a beast, man. Did you know he's, like, one of the active American leading goal scorers? Like, he's not number one. I think Patrick Kane might be number one. But, like, Chris Kreider, man, I hope I hope the Devils get into one more – or I hope the NHL gets into one more world competition where Kreider will make the team because I want to root for Kreider in a series. <laughs> you know, like, that guy's just a beast, man. And uh-huh. Savannah Jad, the way he creates – and, you know, we know what Patrick Kane and Panarin could do on the power play. Fox is just muy bien. That shot he made, that Kreider deflected, good stuff. So the Rangers, yeah, they're – go ahead. No, go ahead. I wanted to, like, talk while you were finishing your sentence. I tried to time it right. Yeah, no, I get it. And they – the Rangers are just a really good team, and I'm – I'm hopeful the Devils can get one here because they went 3-0-1 against the Rangers in the regular season. That does not matter. We all recognize that doesn't matter. But they've proven that they can beat Chesterkin with shots and get traffic to the front of the net. You just kind of adjust your whole game when the playoffs. The Devils are very neutral zone reliant, and the Rangers did a great job of clogging it up in this game. So let's let's get back to uh, simplifying the game. Dump chase. Yeah, it's must win, I would say. You expect the like must win in my personal opinion is when you're the home team and you go down one Oh, then game two is a must win. If you're the road team and you go down two Oh, it's not must win. Cause you still have the opportunity to defend home ice and tie it up to two. So game three would be a must win. 
You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, yesterday the Islanders wasn't must-win for the Hurricanes, but now game three is must-win. Well, the series is over. Yeah, I completely agree. And the Devils were never going to go 4-0 and at the Rock. They they always needed to win one at Madison Square Garden in this series. I always believed that. The Devils and are if not. They, if they win at home, they're a great road team. Yeah, they are a great road team. They're like the first or second best yeah. road record in the NHL. Um, the Devils are not the Avalanche yet. They're not. And can any one of these teams win the Cup? I absolutely do believe that, including the Devils. But things are going to happen that teach this team valuable lessons. And if they lose this series to the Rangers, as long as they play hard and learn some things and come into next year, ready to insert Luke, ready to insert Nemich next year could be an even bigger year, which is really scary to think about if you're a fan of any other Metro team, because I don't think the Rangers get any better than what they are right now. I don't think the hurricanes get any better than what they are right now the Devils still have another tick to get to. And there are a couple other teams in the Metro that have another tick to get to. Um, the Blue Jackets obviously have another tick to get to. Like all, all these teams that are on the rise. The Metro is actually loaded with teams that are going to probably start to decline a little bit in the next couple of years. The Penguins, the Capitals. You know, we'll see what happens with the Flyers and the Draft Lottery and the Blue Jackets too. But I, I'm, I'm all in on this Devils team. And even if it's not this year, I, they have to win game two, though, if they want to, you know, earn some extra playoff experience this year specifically. I agree. And that moves us to the other team that is cheered for in the Parisi household, the Boston Bruins versus the Florida Panthers. In game one, the Bruins kind of took it to the uh, Hurricanes. They kind of – I'm not going to say they got lucky. The the, the, what did I say? Hurricanes. I meant the Panthers. Um, they kind of, I'm not going to say they got lucky in game one against the, uh, Panthers cause they didn't, the, the Bruins, they won 63 games. Right. But the Brad Marchand goal is one that, you know, Carol or Florida would want back. Why do I keep thinking it's Carolina? Like I know they're not playing Carolina. I'm not that dumb. You're, you're hinting to a future series. Hey, 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 hey. Um, I just think the Bruins, they, they played well in the first game. I don't think they dominated uh, Florida per se, but they got the win. That's all that matters. Goaltending played well. They defended well. Um, and then in game two, man, the Bruins laid an egg. <laughs> I, I honestly would like call it laying an egg. They had their worst game I was gonna say, of the worst season. Worst game of the season. Of any game. they. I'm trying to think of a loss they had because – the one to the Hawks was pretty brutal. The that one was to the, the other time that they allowed three consecutive goals or something in the third. Yeah, and the Hawks suck, so I think that like made it a little worse. But this is the playoffs, which also makes it kind of worse. Um, I, I I think someone challenged me when the Devils got killed by the Jets. Oh, well, the Bruins haven't been blown out this season. Okay, and I went and looked back, and they really hadn't. The Hawks was the closest thing. Um. You know, they lost a game or two to Arizona this year, which I think was an issue for them. But for the most part, the Bruins just beat everyone they played. And yesterday they laid an egg. It happens sometimes, especially in the playoffs against a team that feels that nobody believes in them because nobody does believe in Florida. But I don't think it's crazy to at least slightly believe in Florida and think they have a chance to make this an interesting series. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is unbelievable. He would have my second place vote for the Hart Trophy if I had one. Um, 
I don't know. What's your takeaway? The series tied up at one. Yeah, I mean, things got feisty in that game yesterday. Um, towards the end, I, things are heating up. I think we have a rivalry brewing here for many years to come, um, regardless of what direction these teams end up going. But, you know, the Bruins got to do better with limiting the shots on goal that the Panthers face. I don't like that they're letting up 30-plus shots a game. I get all Mark. Vezina winner. He, he has the capability of stopping him. But you limit the chances, you have an even better chance of winning. He gave up a season-high five goals yesterday, which was just unbelievable. Um, but a big problem in yesterday's game is turnovers. Turnovers killed the Bruins. There were so many bad turnovers that led to goals, and, and that's what cost in the game. If you don't turn the puck over, you, you probably win that game, honestly. Um, I could think of two or three goals off the top of my head that led – or two or three turnovers that led to goals yesterday. So that's something they got to limit too. You just can't take the Panthers lightly because you won the president's trophy. If you remember last week, I think when we did our predictions, I said the Florida Panthers were the one team this year that really gave the Bruins fits. That's why I had the Bruins in five. I didn't choose them in four. I don't think anybody's going to sweep. I think it's very hard to sweep any team. So that's why I gave the Panthers a game. And I, I wouldn't be shocked that the Panthers pick up two wins here and the Bruins win in six because what I'm seeing from this Panthers is they're not going to go down easily. Matthew Kachuk's going to give them fits. This whole team's going to give them fits. So especially with the way the game ended, I think things are going to get chippy and maybe the Panthers steal one at home. I would not be surprised at all. But – yeah, Allmark didn't look the greatest. The game-winning goal from Montour, which was the 3-2 leading goal in the third, that goal was soft, I felt like. It kind of caught Allmark off guard a little bit. I mean, you got to be a little more dialed in. You got to make adjustments, right? This is a seven-game series. It's not a best-of-three. It's not a one-and-done. So series, it's the reason the series are developed as a seven-game series is they're designed to make adjustments. So what the Bruins need to do, they got to make adjustments. They got to stay hungry. They want the cup. They think this is their year. Best team in the league. Best team in NHL history, perhaps, according to statistics. So stay hungry. I know they want to win. Make those adjustments and keep the home crowd involved. It seems like when the Panthers were scoring, it took the air out of it. Boys, we got a 2-2 game. It's far from over. This is the playoffs. TD Garden's supposed to be electric. Don't let the Panthers take the air out of the building. I mean, you're the Boston Bruins. So don't let that happen. Now you're going on the road, but when it gets back to game five, depending where the series is, you got to get that home crowd involved. Um, and all, and also we have, we didn't touch on it, but Patrice Bergeron's absence was, that was crucial for the Bruins. That hurt them a lot. There was a lot of key situations where the Bruins could have used a couple face-off wins and it didn't happen. So um, yeah, I mean, I think the Bruins win the series, but if those Panthers are going to give them fits. I told you that last week. Yeah, nothing's going to be easy for the Bruins throughout the playoffs. Anybody who thinks that they're just going to roll through, they might win the Cup, but they'll play a couple six-game series. They'll play a seven-gamer. I honestly think that you have to. No team just steamrolls through the Cup. I don't give a crap how much you beat up on teams in the regular season. It does not matter. And the Bruins and Panthers, they got a feisty one, as you mentioned, coming up. The third period ended with some fisticuffs. And I really like the impact that Tyler Bertuzzi has had on this series so far. Oh, yeah. He's just been an absolute warrior. And, you know, so I really think he's a key player going forward, especially depending on what happens with Bergeron. That feels like a game that they probably don't give up a goal in the first minute of the third period if – Bergeron is there because he probably starts the third period. He probably wins a face-off. They probably 
you know, settle down a little bit. I don't know. I just think the Bergeron changes the entire uh, construction of the series. And, you know, hopefully he's back for game three in Florida. I don't really care that it's going back to Florida. It's going to be a Bruins heavy crowd there. Uh, you know, the, the Panthers will have last change and that's ultimately what matters when talking about home versus road. Um, but we'll see what the Bruins are able to do in game number three. I think if any team could kind of fight through adversity right now, it would be them. And, you know, I think it's probably good for them in the long run that they took a good shellacking here in the first round. Cause what happens if they go down three to two in the conference finals without the, this experience, you never know if they're able to, you know, kind of dig down deep and get it done in that kind of situation. So We've seen the Bruins be great all year long. I thought for sure they were going to win the game when Brad Marchand scored the shorthanded goal to tie it. I was like, the freaking Florida Panthers really served up a cheese pizza for Brad Marchand to eat, and he did not miss the opportunity. And I was like, wow, Brad Marchand, what a shot. And shout out to Lyon. He's yeah, sensational this year. Absolutely. Like season. I mean, man, oh, man, they got a goalie for their future. Can you even say he's been sensational this year? Or can you just say he's been sensational since the first rainfall of the spring? Like, I, I, I never, like, it's one of those things. Him. Yeah. Since we've seen him this year. Do you remember where he came from? Mm, I don't. He was on the Flyers. I remember bad devils versus bad flyers a couple times. Was he really? Alex Lyon being in the net. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he shared a net with Elliot at one point. He might have even shared a net with Carter Hart at one point. But yeah, Alex Lyon was on the Flyers. He made a couple starts against the Devils and was terrible. The Devils killed him every time. Even when they were bad. For him, then. Yeah, absolutely. I like I remember a couple games being like super stoked that Alex Lyon was in the net for the Flyers. Um but, yeah, he's been outstanding with the Panthers. Sometimes stuff like that happens. You remember Dubnik? Oh, yeah. How much he sucked with freaking Edmonton. And then he stuck. He was kind of okay with the Coyotes. And then the Wilds were like, hey, this goalie, he's kind of okay with the Coyotes right now. We're a really good defensive team, but Darcy Kemper can't stop a beach ball. This was old, young Darcy Kemper, not the good one now. And he – comes in and Dubnik like comes in second for the Vezina trophy, the wild win a playoff series, kind of similar. What's going on with lion there. So good for him um, for Joey's sake and everyone who knows Joey and has to be around Joey somewhat frequently. Hopefully the Bruins are able to not be the biggest disappointment in the history of the NHL in the playoffs. That would really be tough to see. Um, New York Islanders, Frank. I think the Islanders have looked so good against Carolina and they're down 0-2. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, King, like I know your Canes. Your Canes, hey, credit to you. You called it right. I picked the Islanders. I don't feel dumb with – this is the one thing I tweeted. I went 1-7 and seven in game one. It's like I'm dumb, stupid, idiot, this guy. The only one I don't feel completely dumb about is the Islanders. They've played so well. They've played so well, and now freaking Carolina without Spechnikov, Tavo Teravainen has a broken hand, and they're probably still going to sweep the Islanders, even though the Islanders will outshoot them <laughs> forty to twenty. I, it's just one of those things. Like when you're good, you're good, and man, Carolina's good. The Islanders, it doesn't matter how good they've played. Um, it doesn't matter that Frankie Borelli can scream till the vein pops out of his head. I don't know if you saw any of those clips on Twitter. Really funny, really, really funny. That guy's a maniac. 
Um, I don't know. What's your takeaway? I, I mean, I'm pumped. I mean, this is a team I've been salivating over this whole season. <clears throat> I know this team has the chance to win the cup. They're still my favorite to win the cup. I truly believe that. I think that they're capable of taking down anybody with or without Svechnikov. They proved it in these first two games. They've had five different goal scorers in these first two games, meaning that players are stepping up when they need to most. Aho, Nosen, Stastny, uh, Jesper Fast, Slavin. It's just unbelievable what we're seeing. We're seeing contributors step up when they need to most against a Vezina caliber goalie in Sorokin, and they just they get it done. And, you know, the thing that's hurting the Islanders most here is that they continuously find ways to fall down in the game. They've gone down 2-0 in each of the games. They clawed back in game two to take a 3-2 lead, and they still couldn't hold it. The Carolina Hurricanes were two months too much but the key to game three is you if you're the islanders you can't you can't find your way down again you can't expect to go down 2-0 and end up winning games or winning the series it's not a recipe for success you almost stole one in game two but at the end of the day you didn't you still lost the game so if you go down 2-0 again i mean it's just it's not gonna happen you gotta find a way to get the first uh, goal of the game because when you're trailing in a game that requires you to be a little bit more aggressive. You play an aggressive style of play to try and tie it up and ultimately leads to odd man rushes or just better scoring chances for the opposition. So you can't afford to play a shootout style game with the Carolina Hurricanes because if you do, you're going to lose. And we saw that. And game went to overtime. Carolina, in my opinion, they just they looked great in overtime. I don't know the talk what they had in the locker room beforehand, but they just came out surging. And I love what I'm seeing. And this is the exact team I thought they would be going into the playoffs. One thing that's concerning for Carolina, they're not going to outpower play them going forward six to nothing. I couldn't believe how awful the officiating was in that game. Six power plays for Carolina. Zero for the New York Islanders. Um, and the game-winning goal was scored because a lane was cleared up because of a high stick that took the Islander out of the play, and they did not call the penalty. And it was an egregiously clear high-sticking penalty, and Carolina got the win. Um, I think the Islanders got hosed in overtime. That doesn't mean I think they would have won the game. Carolina has been better. I'm not, I'm not trying to flip it to make myself look right because I'm wrong. They're probably going to lose the series. But they got hosed in game two. They did. It's just a fact. Six power plays to zero? You're telling me the Carolina Hurricanes were perfect? No. Mm-mm. No shot. Um, we'll see what happens in game three as far as that. The Islanders might be nice and pissed off. I do think the Islanders will win the next game at home. We'll see, though. Um, I think they have to win both at home, though, to have a chance oh, yeah, in the series. Do. If it goes 3-0 or 3-1, it's over. Yeah, I agree. I agree, because then Carolina will probably just come home in game five and get her done there. So it's been an entertaining series. I really think Brock Nelson is a great player, probably one of the more underappreciated players in the NHL. He led the Islanders in scoring this year. Uh, they get Matt Barzell back in this series. He's got a goal, you know, played really well. And I also think it's really funny that a guy named Sebastian Ajo has scored a goal for the Carolina Hurricanes in both games except it's not the same Sebastian Ajo. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, it's the um, first time in NHL history in the playoffs that they're facing off against each other. 
Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. And, and they're not related. <laughs> no, they're not related. They're not even the same. Uh, one is, I think, uh, Islander Sebastian Aho is Swedish, and Hurricane Sebastian Aho is Finnish. I'm almost positive on that. You you can fact check me on that. Uh, one of uh, maybe. Maybe Islanders Aho is Russian. I don't remember. I don't think he's Finnish, like Hurricanes Aho. Um, I don't really hate what Islander Sebastian Aho was trying to do yesterday. Um, I don't know. Did you see the own goal? The own goal? Yeah. The uh, the goal that was credited the goal that was credited to Stefan Nason yesterday was hit into the net. Um by Sebastian Ajo, it was an accident. He, like, hit it in, but he was, like, way far away from the net. It was kind of more of a bad goal on Sorokin, but he didn't expect it to be coming his way because the puck was in the air, and uh, Ajo tried to clear it out, uh, Islanders Ajo, and he, like, hit it backwards. Look up the Islanders or the Hurricanes' second goal from yesterday. It was an okay. own goal, and that's what I mean by Sebastian Ajo has scored a goal. Two different Sebastian Ajos have scored a goal for the Hurricanes in this series. Um Katie wants to know how you snagged PFT as a guest. I think it's because of my six shades. Yo, I don't have the long I hair though. Tell you, I, I got the I got the hookups. That's all I gotta say. I don't have long hair though. So maybe you're just hiding it. You could be PFT for Halloween. That would be really funny. Um, and you could just walk around pretend to be a football guy. Hey, did you guys know Joe Flacco's elite? Let's go. Um, Frank, I know we're going to get to this series here, the one you've been most excited to talk about. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to wait till the series is over. I mean, the the writing's on the wall. I don't need to say anything. So it's probably smart to wait till the series is over because although I am disgusted with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I am absolutely livid with them. They lose game one, they're down one nothing in the series. If Chernak and Hedman are out for the rest of the series and the Maple Leafs don't find a way to win. I love it. I love I, it. I'm dumbfounded by this stupid ass team. Nobody believes me. They're cursed. Cursed is a real thing. You guys think it's like a fallacy or something. They're I mean, the, the Blues won the cup. The Cubs won the World Series. I, yeah, I actually don't. It takes don't. time for curses to be broken, VP. They've lost eight straight playoff series. It just doesn't happen in a decade. It took the Cubs 108 years. It took the Frank, Blues how many years? Over 40? How 40? long ago was 1967? We're not talking fucking... We're not talking about the 05 White Sox, which is still kind of a long time ago. We're talking about the 1967 Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, the NHL expanded from... I think that was 67 the year they expanded to 12 so the last the first year with more than six teams they won a cup and then said now nah, we're not going to do that again for a while i just can't believe everybody like you're stunned i am stunned they're way better they are but, but this is a lightning team that i told you will show like we saw championship caliber tampa bay lightning last game and that's exactly what i said is going to happen there's a different – there's a switch that flips on in their head. I don't care if they went 0 for 15 going into the playoffs. The Lightning know how to show up. It stops for everyone eventually. The yeah, Hawks came in third to last. There was a point where, like, they couldn't lose a seven-game series to a West team to save their life. John Cooper knows how to coach in the playoffs. John Cooper's – he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. So is Stamkos. So is Edmund. So is Vasilevsky. So is Kucherov. 
I don't know about Braden Point, but I mean, he's still really young, so he's got a lot more to prove. He wouldn't make it to the Hall of Fame if his career ended today, like the other four guys I named. But I mean, dude, they're they're great. I, they're great. If they are this injured, though, I I can't like the Leafs have to win game two, and I I, I do think the Leafs are better on paper. I'll ride that into the summer, even if they get swept, and I'll, that'll make me even more mad. That'll make me even more mad. Because, like, I I can't believe – like, if you lost in overtime in game one, like, all right, boys, just rack them up and let's win game two. They got fucking killed. They got destroyed. They, I'd rather be a Devils fan than a Leafs fan right now. At least if the Devils lose the series, hey, guys, really nice year. We came in thinking we might make the playoffs. Um, you were the best regular season Devils team ever. Jack Hughes had 90 points. Like, there's none of that with there's none of that with the freaking Leafs right now. Everybody kind of took some points off of their game this year to play better defensively. You know, Marner led them in scoring with 99 points. Last year, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, they all broke 100. This year, like, they all kind of pulled back a little bit to kind of be better two-way so they're ready for the playoffs. And then you fucking let the Lightning do that to you and, you know, dismantle you like they did in game number one. I just couldn't believe what I was watching, and then this freaking idiot Matthew Bunting, you know, decides to slew foot people or whatever it is that he got in trouble for. The he gets a illegal check to the head. I think there was a little bit of a slew foot in there too, right? And he he freaking gets a three game sussy. So we're not going to see him till game five if they even make it there. Which they're gonna win a game, right? Like Bunting will play again this year, but you know it's just it reminds me of Kadri. Like, dude, dude, are you fucking kidding me, Bunting? Now this team has to reconfigure their whole forward group. Matthew Nyes is probably gonna draw into the lineup. We'll see how the Leafs actually decide that things are gonna go. But you know, if I'm Austin Matthews right now, I'm thinking to myself, what the fucking fuck? Like this team blows in the playoffs and they need to figure it out if they don't win if they don't win game two here tonight i'm counseling them like go lightning if wow. they lose game two what a flip. frank i can't stand like the I've light been a lightning, i told you i've been yeah, on the lightning yeah but season. you're you're just a leafs hater though like no but i use like, common sense like how could you say like if the lightning win like how am i a leafs hater i i telling you how it is no i know but like there and will be if, a day in my life where I choose the Leafs. The time will come. It's okay, I understand. Okay, fine. But, you know, and I get it. It's like a funny thing, like the Leafs. Ha, ha. It's almost like, why wouldn't anyone want to see them finally win a playoff series? Unless you're like a Habs fan or a Bruins fan, like you hate the Leafs. Like, the Lightning have won two of the last three cups. They've been to four of the last seven finals or whatever it is. It's just like, that team, they're going to run out of gas. I honestly think if they make it to the next round and beat the dumbass Leafs, they'll get shelled. Everyone looks tired. Everyone looks tired. The The season was not a disaster. The end of the season was a disaster for them. And the Leafs went into the playoffs hot. I just couldn't believe what I watched in game one. They have to win game two. And Tampa was loaded with injuries. Are you kidding me, Leafs? You can't come back on that team? Oh, my God. They're deep. They're a very deep team. Who, Tampa? Perry, 
Oh, yeah. Their bottom six stepped up in game one. Yeah. Corey, Corey Perry, Perry had a goal and two assists. Bellamar had a goal. Sorelli had a goal and an assist. Ross Colton had a goal and an assist. I mean, that, that just shows you how deep they are in their bottom six. I mean, this team's unbelievable. I, I don't care how bad they were in the regular season towards the end of the stretch. I mean, like I said, this team literally has a, a switch on the back of their head where they're like, all right, playoffs, flip it up. Different team. Unbelievable. I, I, I hope the Lightning win this series so bad. I just – it's just unbelievable watching these guys play. Yeah, well, if if the Lightning win the series, it'll make for a very exciting summer because one of Marner or Nylander will change teams. Um. Kyle Dubas will be fired. Sheldon Keefe will be fired. Oh, what a fucking idiot Sheldon Keefe is. You don't start Matthew's line at home? And the Lightning score on the first shift of the game before Matthews and Marner touch the ice. They're down one nothing. Are you f- absolutely fucking kidding me? I hate – I don't think I would be like a good NHL coach. I have no experience. I'm a dumbwad. I honestly think I would not have made that mistake ever in all my years of anything. You don't – you're at home. You have home ice. You get to choose who goes to match your opponent. You put Matthews on the ice to start the – I just could not believe that Sheldon Keefe is that stupid. Sometimes you forget to take into account poor coaching – when making you know decisions like when I thought the Broncos were going to be a good team this year, I didn't know Nathaniel Hackett was going to be the worst coach in NFL history. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like the roster was good. Russell Wilson was terrible, but the schemes were bad. It's the same thing with the Leafs every year. I hope I hope they come back and win. Obviously, I'm not backing off that take. I think they can absolutely win this series. But oh, what a disgusting organization right now. I mean, so if, if they lose this year. And then I'm next done. year they, they have 120 no, points. I'm done. Are you, just gonna, you're, you don't think they're going to win the series? I mean, maybe if they're like the Atlantic division winner and they play against a Detroit Red Wings team or an Ottawa Senators team that squeaks into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth, then, yeah, I probably would pick the Leafs. But I wouldn't be standing up here going, the Leafs are going to win. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I probably would pick if they were the Atlantic Division champions. 110 points, 115 points. Matthew scored 50 again, and they're playing this Detroit Red Wings team that squeaked in. Like, yeah, I probably would pick them. But if it's two and three again next year, and they're playing the Lightning, like, f you, yeah, hundred percent. And then they'll probably win. Maybe that'll be the year. Yeah, that'll be the year. You got to pick against them, and they'll win. Should have did that this year. Watch After, him win the president's trophy next year and then get shelled by the Red Wings. Then the franchise needs to move or something. I don't know. <laughs> dude, get the Leafs out of Toronto, dude. Put them in freaking <laughs> Quebec City. Put them in Quebec City. Quebec City could use a team. You know, the Canadians love freaking hockey. Uh, I think Hartford needs an NHL team again. I think Connecticut would eat up a – um NHL team right now. I really do. Connecticut is an amazing state. It's like one of the most underrated states. They won they won the college and um ho- they won the basketball and ba- uh, hockey national championship this year. Connecticut. It, I, like it could be it that state has potential. They say New Haven has the best pizza in the world. 
like it's better than New York, Chicago, or Boston, according to a lot of people from New York, Chicago, and Boston. Um, Connecticut. We need a team in Connecticut really bad. That I, that would be my number one choice. Nashville and Connecticut. You put freaking the or not Nashville. Nashville needs a baseball team. We have a Nashville. Um, Houston and Connecticut. They're gonna do Houston and Atlanta, which I love Atlanta, but. Houston and Connecticut would be my choice. You think they'll expand or just move? No, there'll be there'll be thirty-four teams by twenty thirty. Really? Yeah, I think so. And then they'll be done for like a really long time. Yeah. I I I never really thought thirty-two was the end, just because hockey needs like more. Baseball, the A's are moving to Vegas. We learned that this morning. I saw the the plot of land that they bought or whatever. Yeah. That's Unreal. The Vegas is going to have, after having zero, they're going to have three of the big four. In it's like, it's going to be brutal to play there in the summer. It's going to be like so not fun. I is it not going to be a dome? It better be a dome. If it's, it has to be because like the grass or the turf or whatever you put out there will just burn. Yeah, I would almost assume it has to be a dome if you're going to play. If baseball. you play outdoors, it's just. Well, I mean, uh, there's minor league baseball in Vegas. It's got to be miserable. 110 during the summer in the meat part of the summer. Like, that's just brutal. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, yeah, that's the Leafs and the Lightning. Just my my mood on that series. Like, I'm not worried about the Devils. If the Devils lose this series, I'm going to be very sad. But I'm going to be very sad because I'm done watching the Devils for three months. You know, outside mm-hmm. of spending time with my girlfriend and my family and my friends, the Devils are my favorite thing. That's my favorite hobby in the world. So, you know, them losing and being done with them for three months would be the hard part this year. But, like, I would know, like, they gained so much valuable experience and they lost to their rivals. And, you know, they they had some good goaltending and Jack Hughes was a star and he sure finally broke out after all these years offensively. And, you know, Luke is coming. Nemich is coming, who might be better than Luke, which is hard to fathom because Luke's amazing. Like, it's... It's one of those things where, like, if they were three, four years from now and couldn't still win a series, that's what the Leafs are in right now. And, oh, my God, I feel for the Toronto fans. I haven't watched the LFR yet, which Dylan said it was gold. So I'm probably going to watch that after this. Um, You know, shout out to my friend Steve Dangle. But, which Steve Dangle picked the Rangers in the first round anyway, so screw him right now, I guess. Um, But, yeah. That's my thoughts on the Eastern Conference Stanley Cup playoffs through two games for some, one games for others. Any last thoughts on the Eastern Conference before we cross the Mississippi River? Um, I'm just excited for tonight's game between the Leafs and the Lightning. I'm really excited, and I love what I've seen from the Hurricanes. So keep it up. Keep the foot on the gas, boys. Would you say we agree more than we disagree on hockey? That's a good question. Because I think I we do. Like, I feel like we disagree on a lot of things, but we understand where each of us are coming from. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. There's there's probably one or two points where, like, we, we uh, – I don't even know the right terminology. Like, we agree about what the other person's saying. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's like we don't agree with them necessarily, but we agree like 
where they're coming from, maybe. 100%. And, like, if they were right, you wouldn't be flabbergasted. Right. Yeah, I get that. Like, to me, the most shiny example of that is the Carolina Islanders series. Like, you might not feel the same. This might not be mutual. But, like, I just saw the Islanders if I was going to pick one huge upset in the first round. And I don't see either team in the Kings series, Kings Oilers, or Devils Rangers. I don't see either of those teams winning as an upset or a favorite. I think it's a pretty pick series. But, like, Florida beating Boston, clearly an upset. Islanders beating Carolina, clearly an upset. Oh, Leafs Lightning, I don't see either team as an upset. And I would have said that before the series started, even though I was all in on the Leafs. Like, the Lightning are still the Lightning. Uh, Seattle over Colorado would be a huge upset. Winnipeg over Vegas. I think out of all of them, the Islanders was the one that made the most sense to me, and I wanted to take at least one upset. So, like, I truly understand, like, where the Carolina pick comes from. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just wanted your opinion on that. But we are going to move over to the equally as compelling Western Conference in period number two. Welcome to period two, where we're going to talk about the wild, wild west. (laughs) Man, the wild, wild west, it's just such a different conference. And I, I can't really explain it to people. Like, maybe you can help me out with this. I've been trying to articulate in my head, into words, the difference between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, other than geography, um, for a really long time. And you really – it's so hard to explain. But there is just such a difference. It's, it's, it's not like an entirely different league. But, like, to me, the Eastern Conference is just so, like, methodical and, like, it's like fast paced and it's about skating and skill and, you know, creating chances off the rush and defending off the rush where like the Western conference is just like slam. I, like, I have a perfect analogy. I think. Yeah. I feel okay, like, go ahead. I, I feel like the, the Western conference is blue collar. Eastern conference is white collar. That's very fair. The Western conference Blue collar, they got to grind. There's always a battle down to the end. It doesn't matter. You got to work for every point you get. Whereas in the Eastern Conference, things are a lot more talented. There's uh, teams are like, see, it's hard to describe. Like It is. like cause, cause, Because like Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid are in the Western Conference. Like There's less, there's less you have to work for, I feel like, in the Eastern Conference. Like last year, the race was over. Like. There's less like we're in the West. There's always grinding, grinding, grinding. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like even the style of play, like you can describe, this is going to annoy some older folks because like when they think of a power forward, they think of like, you know, a goon that could score. You can argue that like Leon Dreisaitl is a power forward because he is, he's a modern day power forward. Where, like, he would be a, a pretty boy skill player in the 80s. But, like, even McDavid. McDavid is so fast and so skilled, but he's big. He's strong. He wins puck battles. Where, like, the the Leafs don't let Austin Matthews do that. The Devils don't let Jack Hughes do that. They have guys who do that for them. And, like, they, they feed them. It, it's just so – it's, like, majestic, the Eastern Conference. Where, like, the Western Conference is, like – rough and tough and blow your house down kind of deal um 
that's just like in terms of the style of play. It's kind of hard to describe, but I've always just kind of seen it that way. Like, who's the best team from the East in the last, I don't know, 20 years? The Penguins. The Penguins are the Capitals, probably. Ovechkin, Backstrom, Malkin, Crosby, Kunitz, um, Kuznetsov, you know, John Carlson, Christopher Latang. These guys are all like smooth. They're like, go out there and play pretty hockey. You know, it's like what you would see in like a YouTube video of just perfect pretty hockey. Now let's talk about the best players from the West in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Connor McDavid, hard on the puck, beast to play against. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, same thing. Nate Dog, the Nate Dog. He gallops when he skates. Uh, going back even a little bit further, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff, just big meanies that could score 50 goals a season. Um, Kopitar, super hard to play against, just a complete mother effort to play against. Drew Doughty, um, Duncan Keith, just mean a-holes, like, but it's supremely skilled. Less about the skating, more about the toughness. Like, it's just, it's it's so great. I, and then you get to the Stanley Cup final, and these two uh, teams kind of clash a little bit. And oh my god, I just love it. I love the West. It's so fun to watch. The only the Blackhawks. Or might be seen more like an Eastern team, the way they played during their run, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. The Blackhawks under Joel were actually a defensive-minded team, but people think because Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, uh, Patrick Sharp, they were like this fast-skilled, crazy team. They really – they were more about defense and scoring off the rush and capitalizing off your mistakes. And, you know, when you block a shot, when Brent Seabrook blocks a shot or Yelmerson blocks a shot, they feed it up to – Marion Hosa, who's the best two-way winger I've ever seen, and he'll find Kane, who feeds it to Sharp, or like you know, it's it's all, it was all building off mistakes. I'm going on a tangent right now, but I just I love the Western Conference and my favorite teams in the East. But in terms of unbiased hockey watching, the West is just it's wild. It's the Wild West, and they put a team called the Wild in the Western Conference for a reason. Yeah, I mean they are definitely different. So I, I don't know if anybody told you otherwise, but. They are completely different, and I think that's what makes it so special is that you have one Western Conference team and one Eastern Conference team in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, in 2021 when the Habs played the Lightning, it didn't feel like a Stanley Cup final because it was mm -hmm. two Eastern teams yeah. playing each other, and, like, it just didn't have that, weird. like, it didn't have that, like, clash of styles. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I always look forward to the most. Like, last year when the Lightning played the Avalanche, that was freaking sweet, dude, because, like, the Avalanche were, like, this team that came at you in waves with, like, McKinnon and Point, or not Points on the Lightning, McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog, Kadri, and they just came at you hard. And, like, the Lightning, they were like, all right, we're going to put out Steven Stamkos, and we're going to put out Braden Point, and we're going to let them do their thing. They're, they're super skillful. Victor Hedman is going to skate like Barishnikov out there. It's like... Ah, I love it. I love it. So let's get to the West. The biggest upset of the first round so far has been the game one victory for the team on top of your head. The Seattle Kraken took a one nothing lead over the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. Frank didn't see it coming, but once it did happen, I was like, uh is this going to be another Vegas-style run from the Seattle Kraken, their first time getting into the postseason, and then they have that energy? 
They're like, this is our first time in the playoffs. Let's build up some energy. Look what happened to the Vegas Golden Knights when they made the playoffs for the first time. They make it to the Stanley Cup final. This is a team that has something to play for. Colorado won the cup last year. They already got their cup. They might overlook the Kraken a little bit too, but they, I'm telling you, the Kraken, they're feisty. That's why I chose the Avalanche in six. Um, it just seems like they got more energy. They're hyped up more because of the whole history behind this team. Their two-year history, they want to make a deep run, want to give the fans something to cheer for. I can't wait till it goes back to Seattle. That That is going to be electric. I can't wait to see that uh, the Climate Pledge Arena and that house rocking. Climate uh, Pledge. Tra- Tra- Travis says, crack attack, crack attack. This team is cracked. I'll tell you that. Um, I do think the Avalanche are going to come back and win the series. I'm not, I'm not going to pick against them right now, but, I mean, I would love to see the Kraken win. I think that would be so sweet. Um, this is also Grubauer knows this team. Well, Grubauer knows the Colorado avalanche very well. And boy, did he shut them down? It was absolutely magnificent to watch. I had had a smile on my face. This is one of those things where I chose the Colorado avalanche and I hope they lose. I hope I'm so wrong. Um, but yeah, and it's funny because while this team has no playoff experience, the three goals that were scored from the Kraken were all scored by players who have playoff experience, which I think kind of helped the team as well. Eli Tolvanen scored the first ever playoff goal in uh, Seattle Kraken franchise history. Who has playoff experience? Morgan Geeky, playoff experience. And uh, Wenberg, playoff experience. So that kind of helps the Seattle Kraken. It gives them a little glimmer of hope. I, I mean, I'm not worried about the Colorado Avalanche, but the way that the Kraken played and what they have to play for in this going forward could be a little, you know, scary times in Colorado. We'll see. I'm all in on the Kraken winning this year. I, I'm sorry to the city so. of Seattle. I'm sorry I, to the city of Seattle. And a, a residual apology to the city of Las Vegas because I gave y'all no chance every time and I just keep getting – I am keep becoming more and more wrong Maybe hockey's just a sport that's built for expansion teams to, even if it's not in year one, like just be okay. Like, who saw Wild Bill scoring 40 goals in their first year for the uh, Golden Knights? And since then, he hasn't scored 40, but he's been a very, very good player. One of the best penalty killers in the NHL. Um, and then you got McCann, 40 in year two. And it's like, you know, this dude's unbelievable. And like, how did Pittsburgh. And the reason the Kraken are good is a lot of the reason Vegas is good is the rest of the teams in the league are stupid. Um, you know, you got teams like Pittsburgh protecting Jeff Carter, 38-year-old Jeff Carter, and leaving Jared McCann unprotected. I mean, I like just dumb, dumb decisions by these teams. And I think most teams in sports are stupid. Um, and that's why, like, the same five or six teams kind of keep repeating getting back to the top. Um, I'm kind of hoping the Devils are one of those teams that, that remain smart because I think they've only been smart since Fitzgerald took over. They've only done made smart decisions. Like, I want them to be one of those teams. But for the most part, most teams are just stupid. And, you know, uh, the two the two new teams in the NHL have proven to be some of the smarter ones so far. And the Kraken, they, they first ever playoff goal, first ever playoff game, first ever playoff win. You know, you got another one against Colorado tonight. Even if the series is 1-1, like, who predicted they'd get one in Colorado? You might have. But, like, I, I thought they yeah, had – uh, Yeah. 
So they I had him. I had him getting freaking swept. Done. Sweep guy. That's the only sweep I picked, bro. It's the only no sweep sweeps. I picked. There's gonna be no sweeps. You're right, but uh, it's the only sweep I picked. So I don't feel that dumb. But I just, I am so impressed with this team. I hope they win. Um, I like Colorado. I'm not nothing against Colorado. I'd probably be rooting for Seattle against pretty much anyone. Um, maybe not the Oil, but I don't know. It's it's gonna be fun. I I'm with you. I can't wait for that first playoff game in Seattle. Saturday night, baby. Grubauer looked phenomenal, though. He really Grubauer. Did. Grubauer is a good goaltender. And the thing that I forgot to mention also is that the Kraken didn't have any scoring come from their first line. Nope. It was all from their second and third line, which that'll have to change going forward. You're not going to win the series without getting production from your first line. So um, I think word in the locker room going into tonight is like, you got to say something to those guys on the first line. Get them going a little bit. I'd love to see an upset, but it's an upset's not going to happen if they can't get that first line going. Let me ask you something, Frank. Have you ever noticed, though, in the playoffs, top lines go cold, like, on the road? Like, Patrick Kane, he he didn't always have the best se- – like, there were a couple series where people were worried about Kane. They were worried about him against the Lightning in the final. Well, when did Kane break out always? At home. You know, sometimes, but but on the road, guys like Brian Bickle, Michael Froelich, um, I'm John a blank on Dave Boland. Those guys, those guys would always rise to the occasion on the road because you kind of have to if you want to win the Stanley Cup. You need your depth players to show up on the road. Then when you're at home and you have favorable matchups, that's when you might start to see some of the crack and Top Guns start to produce. And, you know, you know, stuff like that happens. It's That's the playoffs. Every now and then you get these weirdos who are good everywhere. Jack Hughes, uh, Patrick, or not always Patrick Kane, but sometimes Patrick Kane, Artemi Panarin, um, Connor McDavid, Leon Dries. Like, the, the, there are the weirdos that do good no matter what. That's why they're considered, like, top 10, 11 players in the league. But I've loved what I've seen from Seattle this season. They almost caught the Kings. They legitimately almost caught the Kings and ended up playing – the oil. So, you know, if you think the Kings are this great team or the Oilers are this great team and you don't give Seattle the respect, you're just kind of overlooking it because Seattle's a very, very good team. They have outstanding defense. Vince Dunn is a warrior. Dude gets hit in the face with a puck. He's like, yeah, I'm good. Um, just unreal stuff. So credit to the Kraken who go up one nothing over the Colorado Avalanche. They will play game two on Thursday night. Very much looking forward to that. Um, Frank, another big upset. Your golden shites go down one nothing in the series to the Ginnipeg Wets. What's your takeaway? Yeah, this is the one series that pissed me off here. I was not happy about this freaking slaughtering that the I told Jets. Told you the Jets would be dangerous down in Vegas. Now. What was the one thing we said all year about the Jets being our sleeper team? What needs to happen? Well, their top guys need to perform. In this game, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Blake Wheeler combined for six points. Not to mention Lowry had a couple goals in there as well. But, I mean, we got some of their top guys scoring, and that's what needed to happen for the Jets if they want to pull off the upset here. I mean – this was just a bad performance all around by the Vegas Golden Knights. It was actually like painful to watch. It wasn't even fun to watch. Um, it was historically bad. 
They only had 17 shots on goal, which was the lowest in five years since December 12th, 2018. I mean, how do you finish a game with only 17 shots on goal? You might as well not even show up or drive to the building. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Eichel's debut was kind of like underwhelming in the playoffs. Um, it's just, it's like the team wasn't ready to play. And I think that things will change because it's hard to win two games on the road in the fortress. But this is once again, a must win for the Vegas Golden Knights. You can't afford to go down 2-0 and then head over to Winnipeg for the whiteout. That's just, it just seems like that's danger, danger times for the Vegas Golden Knights if they can't find a way to win. And another thing that worried me going in, not necessarily going into the playoffs because of how well he played, but their goaltending is a little scary. Um, Brassois, he went 7-0-3 to end the, the regular season, and then he just didn't look that good. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that the Vegas Golden Knights couldn't get anything offensive flowing. But that doesn't take away from him letting in all the goals he did. It just it looked really bad for a team that has a really good home record. So... I expect big changes to occur. I do think the Knights will even up this series at one. I It's just really hard for me to believe that the way the Jets season went, that they're just going to take two on the road against the Knights. Uh, I think the Knights are better than this. Like I said, it was historically bad. The first time they've only had 17 shots on goal since 2018. So I don't think that's going to happen again. That's not going to happen two games in a row. So I do think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to come out swinging and even this series up at one. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I don't really care who wins the series. I just want good hockey. I thought Vegas was going to stomp on them. And the Jets, they took a one nothing series lead. Going back to the whiteout is going to be super fun. That's one of my favorite atmospheres in the NHL is Winnipeg in the playoffs. Um, my goal in life is to go to one Winnipeg Jets playoff game. I want to be a part of that whiteout there. The super, super cool looking. Um yeah, it's funny to me. They do the whiteout, and the team doesn't wear white at home. <laughs> so we'll see if that ever changes, because I think it will maybe one day. Um, the Jets, they have what you said, top goaltending, top forwards. Uh, Morrissey had probably one of the most underrated defensive seasons ever. Uh, his name will show up on the Norris Trophy ballot. He might not be nominated in the top three, but like his name will show up when the little chart comes out at the end of, who received votes, his name will be on there. Um, but, yeah, shout they out had, to the Jets. They had missed passes, too. They couldn't make a pass to save their life. They couldn't get out of their defensive zone. Who? I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh. They just made things, like, too fancy. They couldn't make a simple pass. And I think that's why they failed to get offense. But it was just, it was like, it was one of the worst games in franchise history, I think. It was terrible. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. We've seen the Golden Knights bounce back from stuff like this, so we'll see what happens in Game 2 at the Fortress. Um, Frank, earlier this week, the Minnesota Wild defeated the Dallas Stars in overtime. It was 1-0-1 in the morning local time when Ryan Hartman scored to give the Minnesota Wild a one nothing lead. And then after making 50 shot saves the night before or two nights before, the Minnesota Wild made the odd decision to bench Philip Gustafson in favor of Marc-Andre Fleury. Let me be clear. I love Marc-Andre Fleury. I can't wait to watch him go to the Hall of Fame. Just an absolute dog in his NHL career. Um, but, like, I couldn't believe that, you know, he ended up with 
the starting role in this game. And Gustafson was on the bench. Like, we're talking fatigue? Like, what? Like, this is the playoffs. You had a day off. You put Gustafson back in there. And Marc-Andre Fleury was cold to end the season, so it's not even like you're, like, putting in, like, you're reliable. This isn't the, you know, who's a good example of a team that could make a switch like this in the playoffs? Oh, this isn't the Bruins going from Allmark to Swayman, which they very well might do. This is completely different. So... I couldn't believe it. The Dallas Stars absolutely destroyed the Wild with Blurry and Net, and now the series is tied at one. So what do you think? I think this is the best series of the first round. I think yeah. that it's, it's very capable of going seven. Um, you know, nobody knew how is Dallas going to respond after a double overtime loss at home. That's deflating right there for either team, whether the Dallas would have won or not. But the story of the first game was goaltending duel. Ottinger looked great. Gustafson looked great. These teams making magnificent saves in overtime. And then you put in Marc Andre Fleury and you take the, like, you, you take away what was so great in game one and you don't give it in game two. And then the Dallas Stars exploit that. This is a series that needs to be Ottinger versus Gustafson. Um, we want more of what we saw in game one. That was, that was so great. Um, we saw goals by Ben and Sagan. Two, uh, each of them had a power play goal, which if the Dallas Stars want to win a cup, they want to they want to be good this year. That's what we said. Ben and Sagan got to show up, and they did. I mean, Robertson, uh, Dadanoff, Hints. I mean, it's great to see them contributing as well. But J- Jamie, Ben, and Tyler Sagan, they got to be the ones to step up here and lead the team. They are, they are the franchise guys. Well, I guess Robertson's not more of a franchise guy, but you know what I mean. They were So is like, Hints. Yeah, but you know what I mean. They were the face of the Dallas Stars. I mean, these were the guys that that were the face and it's good to see them contributing. It's something that needs to happen, but Ottinger continued right where he left, left off from last season. He's looked phenomenal. Um, it, but another thing too, the wild, they just take too many penalties. They can't afford to take as many penalties as they do. They've taken 11 penalties in the past two games. And you think the Dallas stars aren't going to capitalize on that. I mean, you can, they've taken six in game two and five. Five penalties in game uh, one, 11 penalties. And Dallas, their power play is pretty decent. I mean, it's not Edmonton's power play, but, I mean, they capitalized. I mean, that's so – like, they're not playing disciplined at all. And if that's going to continue – and they've also been dominating the faceoff dot also. And if that's going to continue, maybe my prediction is going to be wrong, and it's not going to go seven. But they, you can't afford it. You got to play a little more disciplined here. Put Gustafson back in game net in game three, which he will, and let's have that duel that we saw in game one again. A lot of players make me pissed off at Stan Bowman. Like a lot of players, I can name at least seven right off the bat. But I think number one on the Mount Rushmore of players that make me hate Stan Bowman is Jake Ottinger. <laughs> that we were there. When Stan Bowman, stupid ass, knew he needed a goalie long term because Corey Crawford was done. And he traded that pick to the Dallas Stars so they could trade back for Yoki Haru. Good player. I watched him play for Buffalo a lot this season. Good player. But the Hawks didn't even get him because they traded him for stinky Adam Boakles, who sucks. Um, and the Dallas Stars, with that pick that the Hawks gave them, took Jake Ottinger with the, in the first round. And my goodness, is he an outstanding goaltender. 
he would look really, really good in Chicago right now. Like, wow. Um, I like, I can't believe what he's become in his career. He's an elite goalie. He might be him and Hellebuck are going to battle hard for the team USA starter. If they do the world cup of hockey next year. Um, I like what I saw from Dallas. I know what you mean by Ben and Sagan. They have to like lead to depth. Mm -hmm. They have to like show up in order for this team to succeed. They have been, um, especially Ben. Um, but Rupe Hints and Jason Robertson lead the way. Hints with the hat trick yesterday, just absolutely monstrous stuff. Joe Pavelski too, right there as one of the top players on the team. Did he? He didn't play yesterday though, did he? I didn't. I hear think it, Pavelski was out because of the stuff with Dumba. I'm almost positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that you know it's hard to keep full focus on every single game when they're all going on at the same uh-huh. time. I watched the Dallas Wild game, but that one had computer most of the time. While Edmonton and LA, which we'll get to in a second here, that's the series I'm covering for Puck Pro. So that one gets the TV um, when the opportunity strikes. But um, yeah, it's it's been a really good series, and I I hope it does go seven. I would root for the Wild, obviously. But I don't hate the stars. I was tweeting about the stars, a couple capital letters. Oh, and I have a new I have a new thing on Twitter. Every time Dallas does something good, we call Dallas a hockey town. Um, because the Dallas Cowboys are trash. And I honestly think these people like the stars more than they like the Cowboys. So screw the Cowboys, go stars. Um, Dallas is a hockey town through and through. They like they never they're when they were going, Dallas, stars. Dallas Stars. That's more enthused I've ever seen a Dallas sports crowd than any of those Cowboys games, and it's really not close. So, how about the Mavericks? Mavericks are cool. You know what the Mavericks have done that the Stars and the Cowboys haven't since the '90s? Win a title. So, credit to the Dallas Mavericks. They beat LeBron James. Do they have and- the best owner though? Um, Mark Cuban. 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 Yeah. I don't really know the ins and outs of Cuban as an owner. Like I, I'm assuming so because Dallas, they, the, I kind of like that they tank when they're bad and they don't when they're good. They're like all in when they're good and they tank for real when they're bad. Like they and actually tank. Yeah, like they actually tank. They got fined I, for it. I know. I wish the Hawks got fined for it. <laughs> I wish the Hawks got fined for starting Hudobin and, you know, resting Seth Jones and trading frickin' that complete a-hole Andreas Athanasiu. I wish the Hawks got fined. I'd pay that fine with ease. Oh, my God. I, I would personally, if I were Kyle Davidson, drive to the bank, cash out my own money, and pay that fine. <laughs> then for, Like, I'm being dead serious. Like, Connor Bedard, that's crazy. Travis says he's in Texas and can't fruit for any Dallas team. Can't stand the Cowboys, don't like the Mavericks, and the Stars are meh. Well, I wouldn't say the Stars are meh. I think the Stars have a very good team. Yeah. But I I don't know if they're, like, meh to you, probably, right? Yeah, he means meh to him. Here's what I'll tell you, Travis. If you root for the Stars, just hop on this, like, Dallas is a hockey town train. If you're going to, like, shit on Dallas, that's a good way to shit on Dallas sports. Is to like, yeah, let's go stars, the hockey town. Dallas is a hockey town. Um, because the Astros play in Houston and the freaking Rangers play in Arlington. So not close to Dallas. I don't know if it's close to Dallas, but they're not Dallas. Um, they don't identify as Dallas. So go stars. Dallas is a hockey town through and through. 
Speaking of hockey towns, Frank, the Edmonton Oilers versus the Los Angeles Kings. This is my favorite series of the playoffs. That doesn't include a team I like, the Devils. Um, the Los Angeles Kings took a one nothing series lead when they were down 3-1. to one, And our guy, Adrian Kempe, who was – I didn't know this. Adrian Kempe was the first player to, to score 40 goals or more in a Los Angeles Kings uniform in either of our lifetimes. Wow. Did you know that? No. The last player to score 40 – for the Kings was Luke Robitaille in 1993-94, meaning that season ended in April or May or whatever, and then your boy was born that following December. So they have not had a 40-goal score, and that's a team that's won two cups, you know, good players for a long time. They never had a 40-goal score in my lifetime, and Kempe did it this year. Well, he gets into the playoff scores too. Gets makes it a game for the Kings, and then NJ Kopitar ties the game with 11 seconds left. He wears number 11 um, to force <laughs> overtime, and then they get to overtime, and Kopitar getting the secondary assist on the overtime game winner scored by Alex Ayafalo gives the Kings the one nothing series lead. Kopitar with a four-point night. Um... Shout out um, Puck Pros covering the series. Wrote about Kopitar being an impact player in the series. Recapping every game. Go check it out. That's a little unshamed plug. And then in game two, the Edmonton Oilers come out firing again. 2 nothing lead. Goals um, by Leon Dreisaitl and Derek Ryan get them up 2 nothing, And then they blow the lead again. I'm like, holy shit, what's going on with this Oilers team? And then... You know, the Kings, they they come back. They're rambunctious. They got a goal from Philip Deneau, who's done a great job containing Connor McDavid at five on five. Zero five on five points for Connor McDavid so far in this series. Um, another player that makes me hate Stan Bowman. Um, and then you got the Italian. The Italian, Gabe Velarde. He scores a gobba goal for the Los Angeles Kings. To get the game tied, but then in the third period, our friend Cliff Costin makes it three to two Oilers. They don't look back from there. Evander Kane off a great play by Dreisaitl deposits one into the empty net. The series is tied. What's Frankie's takeaway? That the Oilers really choked game one, and what a steal that was for the Los Angeles Kings. Oh my god, you go down 2 0, series is over, especially against this Oilers team. You find a way to steal one at Edmonton, and now you come home. I'd love to see the uh, the Kings get one here. If they win Game Three, anything's possible. I mean, but last year Kings won Game One, and the game went and the series went to seven games, and the Oilers won in seven. They've done a great job limiting Mick David. He's only has one point in the series, and it came on the power play, like you said, zero five on five points. But the Kings have the same problem that the Islanders find themselves in, and that's going down in game early can't find yourself down 2-0 every game. I mean, you're just not going to win, especially against the Oilers. When you have to play more aggressive and the Oilers have more opportunities to score because you're gonna, you're playing more aggressive, McDavid, Nugget, Dreisaitl, they're all going to have their opportunities to score, and they're probably going to pot a couple. So the fact that they stole game one was a huge win for them. They aren't taking a lot of penalties, which is great, because we saw that the Edmonton Oilers had a historic 
power play this season. So limiting the penalties has been a recipe for success in that area for the Los Angeles Kings. But I think that it's only a matter of time before the Oilers really step up and take control of the series. Um, I have them in five. I think we saw that yesterday. We saw them kind of say to themselves, we're not going to blow a lead again. Took control of it in the third period. Didn't look back from there. However, the Kings did have some opportunities to tie it up with the goalie pulled. They kind of struggled to get, um, who was it, Corpusalo out of the net. But when they did, I think they had like one opportunity to rifle one at home to tie it. If they were to let that game go to overtime again, it was anybody's game. And if the Oilers go down 2-0, going back to Los Angeles, I think the Los Angeles Kings are here for an upset. But not anymore. Oilers get the win. I think Oilers will win the series. But, wow, they need to clamp down. I mean, if both teams need stuff to work on. Kings need to work on not going down early in the game. And Oilers need to work on when they have a lead to not choke the lead and play a little more defense here. I'll say this. I think the Kings is the worst possible matchup for Edmonton. Not because I think the Kings are better. I just think they have Deneau and Kopitar. And like two guys who are very, very capable of not shutting down McDavid, but trying to contain him. And McDavid had eight games this season, including playoffs, where he scored zero points in the game. Two of those eight came against the Kings. One of them was on Monday. And then he got the one power play assist, a very nice pass to Leon Dreisaitl. But 0-5 on five points once again, which, yeah, McDavid is a power play merchant just as much as he is a five on five. But that doesn't take away from his five on five production. He still, you know, was outstanding in that department all season long. So once if they get past the Kings, I expect McDavid to put like Con Smythe trophy performances against everybody else that they play. Like, let's say in the second round, they play the Kraken. Freaking McDavid's going to go off. I, I I do believe that. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, this is a tough matchup for the Oilers overall. They, they just got to find ways to win. And that's what, how it takes to win the Stanley Cup. That's how Gretzky had to win Stanley Cups. That's how Crosby had to win Stanley Cups. Um, you you yeah. change your game a little bit. And you do what you can to win. It's not all about just putting up crazy numbers on the score sheet. And McDavid is learning that. He, I still think he's played amazing. He drew that penalty that led to the five-on-three goal in game one by using his speed. Um, he creates – he makes things so hard on the opposition that they focus in on him so much that that does open things for Leon Dreisaitl. We wrote an article for Puck Pros, Playoff Leon, Ready to Rock. I just tweeted it. Um, you could go read it I, at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. Um, I was really excited writing that one because I love Leon Dreisaitl and – Three goals, two assists, five points in the two games so far for Edmonton. Um, it's been really good. It, playoff Leon is activated, and that is because teams focus so hard on Connor McDavid that they they leave Leon. They don't leave Leon like they obviously like Kopitar probably sees plenty of Leon while Denault gets most of the McDavid action. But like Kopitar, he's not Denault defensively anymore. He's just not, and. You know, Denault don't give a crap about offense. The fact that he scored a goal and the Kings didn't win, that's a wasted opportunity right there. He does not care about scoring at all, even though he does sometimes, which is an added bonus. But I don't know. I, I really like the Oilers going forward in this series. It was a wasted opportunity to, um, you know, take a stranglehold on the series, but that's what the Kings do. Mm -hmm. 
that's a core that's some of those guys have multiple Stanley Cups and Fiala was with the Wild last year in a good playoff series with the Blues and Denault made deep runs with Montreal and Chicago. Um, you know, I actually I don't know if Denault made a deep run with the Hawks. He did with Montreal though, the Stanley Cup final when they lost to the Lightning. Um, it's it's one of those things like the Kings aren't going to go away quietly. That's a good organization right there. They rebuilt on the fly. They didn't have to lose Doughty or Kopitar to rebuild. You know, and they got Byfield and, you know, some absolute studs. Victor Arvidsson's a very good player. Uh, Kempe, who we touched on. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to die easy in this series. McDavid and Dreisaitl, they're going to be just fine, I think. And you got you mentioned Nugget, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, just outstanding. All of their forwards have 10 or more goals this season. You saw Cliff Costin be the hero yesterday. That guy had 11 goals in the regular season. They kind of made like a BS trade with the Blues on October 9th to get him. And he never had more than four goals in his career playing for the Blues. He was their pick. He was their pick at the draft we were at. They picked 31st overall as the defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, or no. They, that's, that's incorrect. They, the Blues had the Penguins pick that year. For I can't remember why. The Blues had the Penguins pick as the defending Stanley Cup champions. That's why they made the 31st pick. Um, someone might be able to help me out with why the Blues had that pick, but um, that's where he came from. Oilers win, series tied at one. What's your overall takeaway from the West? The West has surprised me by far. Of the two conferences, the West has been more surprising. Vegas lost, Colorado lost. Um, Dallas lost game one. I thought in overtime that would have been Dallas's game the way Ottinger was playing. But if you can't capitalize, I mean, you're bound to lose the game. That's what happened. And then um, what was the other series? I'm drawing a blank. Oh, the Kings and Oilers. Kings and uh, Oilers. That's had some surprises as well. So it's been a very surprising first couple of days for the Western Conference. And because of that, I'm excited of what's to come because I root for underdogs. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you looked at the lines for today? Mm-hmm. What are the Devils? Light favorite. Light favorite? I kind of figured that to be the case. We'll see what happens at Madison Square Garden. It'll probably depend on what goes on tonight, too. But right, um, minus, 30, minus 140-ish. 135, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's the West. And we got something else that we got to touch on. We just talked about the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> I want to talk about some other kinds of Kings in period number three. Light the beam. Light the beam. Light the beam. <laughs> Frank. VP. This is a Sacramento Kings podcast more than anything more than anything and they're awesome they're so sick talk to me about the sacramento kings the sacramento kings have not lit the beam just once but twice against the defending nba champion warriors i mean it's just unbelievable they've looked great um Draymond Green will be suspended for game three in the series for his dirty act against DeMontis Sabonis I don't know if you saw it um 
some people defending him, some people not. To me, it was a bit too dirty for me. Um, he basically stomped on the chest of Sabonis. Did you end up seeing it or no? Uh, yes, I did. I did. I did see it. I thought it was pretty dirty. I think there it was, was other It was completely ways. dirty. It was completely dirty. Well, Shaq was kind of defending him on the panel, saying, like, well, he needs somewhere for his foot to go. And then everybody else on the panel was like, yeah, but not like that. It didn't have to go down like that. Like, he used force into the to the point where he, like, wanted to, like, hurt him. And he's got his history of having some problems in the NBA, his anger problems, getting the best of him, and suspension problems, which is why that led to this is because of his history of uh, stuff that's gone down in the NBA. But that's going to be a huge loss for them. But they do have the advantage of being at home, which they're a way better home team than they are a road team. That game will be tonight. So will the Sacramento Kings take a 3 nothing lead over the defending NBA champs? Or will Jordan Poole and Stephen Curry help the Golden State Warriors climb back into the series to make it 2-1? to one? What, what do you think? What are your thoughts, VP? Um, I think the Sacramento Kings, a team I've been a diehard fan of for a very long time, are going to absolutely sweep the Golden State Warriors. Wow. Big sweep guy. Not a big sweep guy. Big sweep guy. I'm me. just confident in my team, the Kings. Like Travis, the beam. Travis says maybe dude shouldn't have been holding his leg and let him go. I mean, it was dirty, but it's always the second guy that gets in trouble. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you don't talk like that about our guy. Sabonis. I like him a lot. Hell yeah. He's a, he's a great player. I mean, this, yeah. is, this is a good Kings team. So when we got him, I was super stoked. So let's go Kings. Hey, the Bucks bounce back too without Giannis. Grizzlies yep. bounce back without John Morant. Um, I, mean, I saw this after Katie went to sleep. Did you see? I gotta tell her if she's not watching. They they tweeted Taylor Swift lyrics with they won. Who? The Bucks. The Bucks dominated without they Giannis. tweeted. Don't get sad, get even. Which the series is now even at one, so it's like a it's a good it's a good thing. That's exactly how you respond after losing the first game. Like you're the best team in the NBA, and you lose the, a game against the eighth seed. Giannis gets injured. Giannis doesn't play in game two, and you respond by at one point being up in the game thirty points. It was unbelievable. The domination and the depth that this Bucks team has was absolutely incredible. And it just goes to show you that they would love to have Giannis on the team right now, but even without him, they're pure domination, and they should have no problem beating the Heat. Yeah, I think they come back and beat the Heat. And then Not come oh, back, absolutely. they're tied now. But. Absolutely. And then something else that happened is, so, you know, the Grizzlies are playing the Lakers, and the Grizzlies evened up the series. And – the guy that's been guarding LeBron James has been I saw this. Saw that? Yeah. He, he called the dude old. Yeah. He, he's yeah. like, I like to poke the bear. He called him old. I mean, that was kind of like stupid. I mean, you're like discrediting LeBron James, who has been phenomenal. He's probably the second best player ever. I'll yeah. argue that with anyone who tries to come at me about it too. Come at and, me about it. He's the second and, best player ever. Yeah, and it's <laughs> just like you call him old. Like you're just being a dick. I'm not a fan of Dylan Brooks. He's a great player, but he's just had that like attitude to him that I just can't stand. That's fair. 
He's a good That's player, fair. though. Big you got any? You got any other NBA Nuggets besides the Nuggets? Well, tell me about the Nuggets. Nuggets are dominating the Timberwolves. Nuggets have looked great. I want the Nuggets to win a championship so bad at some point in our lifetime with this team. I want to see Jokic win a championship. They have such a cool jersey collection. They're just the organization's fun. They play in the Mile High City. Colorado Avalanche wins. Now it's time for the Nuggets to win. I mean, they're they're just fun to watch. I mean, Jokic was a back-to-back MVP. I just no, nobody talks about the Nuggets. They don't get enough credit. I bet you could go on the street going into the the postseason and ask a hundred people who they think are going to win the NBA championship, and not one would say the Denver Nugget. And it's like, no. and it's like, buddy, we had the best record in the West. We're the one seed, and nobody would say the Denver Nuggets. Not one. Some people are like who Nuggets? They're an NBA team. Like, come on, people. I want to see. I want to see this city grow in basketball. Like, you want to see cities in hockey grow. I want the Nuggets to grow, and I want more people to give them respect. You're like a little Nugget. I am a Nugget. I like Nuggets. Nuggets are good. Nuggets are real good. What fast food place has your favorite Nuggets? Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. I think it's like – I know it's chalk, but it's absolutely McDonald's. See, I disagree. They got good Nuggets, but it's – Chicken McNuggets in their sweet and sour sauce. Woo! Their chicken nuggets are good, but I would say they're the best. Maybe top four, maybe Mount Rushmore. But I don't know. I like Chick-fil-A's nuggets. Chick-fil-A got good nuggets. They got good nuggets. It's all about the sauce, though. It is. And and McDonald's has good sauce. Chick-fil-A has good sauce. There's really no bad nuggets. I guess the worst nuggets is Burger King. Yeah, I don't like Burger King nuggets. But I still eat them. So it's like like they're probably the worst, but I still eat them. Uh, Wendy's got good nuggets. I guess it really rounds out that there's not many places that have nuggets. Yeah. Can't go to sure. Arby's and get nuggets or Taco Bell. It's like really quick. Do you think any NBA team can beat the Bucks? Yeah. Who? I think the Celtics. The man. Nuggets? No, the Celtics. Not the Nuggets? You would pick the Bucks? Yeah, probably. Okay. I think if the Nuggets well, the Nuggets are in the West, the Bucks are in the East, so the only way they play each other is in the championship. Yeah. So if the Nuggets were to make it to the NBA championship, I think they need help from an Eastern Conference team. The, this Celtics team is so good, VP. is so good, especially on the road. It's unbelievable what we've seen for them, the way they perform. They don't let anything get in their way. It's, it's actually it's so incredible to watch that they could lose some of their top guys and win, similar to the Bucks. And I think that if they meet each other, which is probably going to happen. They will meet each other in the playoffs because both teams are so good. It's a series worth watching and binging the whole series. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to see what happens. Absolutely. So are those the are, – are they is the winner of that series going to win the NBA title or do you like my Kings, your Kings, to have a chance too? I don't think this is the Kings year as much as it pains me. We're Kings guys. It, it pains me, but I think that the favorite is either the Bucks or the Celtics. It, it's an Eastern Conference thing in the NBA as well as the um, as, well, as well as the NHL. I think the Eastern Conference is world's better. I think that's why the Bulls had so much hill to climb, and to climb a mountain, it would have just been too hard. But I think the winner of the Bucks and Celtics, one of those two teams, are probably going 
to the um, to the conference finals and well, not the conference finals to the NBA championship. However, I think the Sixers fans and Sixers organization would probably have something to say to us about that. But I think the either team beats the Sixers. Okay. What about Major League Baseball? Things are getting pretty hot in Major League Baseball. So I have a problem with something that happened. All right, lay it on me. On it first? Does it have to do with a certain pitcher from the New York Mets? Yeah, and I have my reasons why. But do you want me to touch on that first? Or do you want me to? Yeah, touch on that? go for it. I mean, we're ten percent through the season. The White Sox stink. The Cubs are good. Um, the Cubs are, have been on fire. Yeah, they've been on uh, en fuego. And the Mariners have been on the Camp Iowan. They've been irritating. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you touched on the A's agreed to buy land. For yep. the, uh, they will be the Vegas A's very soon, which is incredible. Yeah, they will definitely change their color scheme. They will not wear green. I, I strongly believe they will not wear green in Vegas. That's not Vegas colors. You go to Vegas, there's no green. I mean, there's a little bit, but there's no green. They won't. Their jerseys are going to change drastically. I think. I see what you're saying. I would be shocked. They've been they've been those colors back to freaking Baltimore. I I don't. I just don't see it. It would be kind of stunning to me. I, I guess you could make a green jersey with Vegas. It looked a little weird. You kind of stick out like a sore thumb. But, I mean, yeah. look at the Las Vegas Aces. Look at the Vegas Golden Knights. They got the same color st- schemes. Pittsburgh Penguins, Pittsburgh Steelers. Certain colors are synonymous with those cities. Yeah, the Raiders didn't change, though. That's true. But the Raiders are black. and They're black like and black. gray, yeah. And black is like the color black is synonymous with Las Vegas. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it would look weird. It would it's look just really weird. It would look really weird at first seeing, but like they're the A's, they're the athletics. Like they're that's their thing. Like I, I don't know. It's more you don't of an organization. At all? No, I don't. I think they'll be the Las Vegas A's, the Las Vegas Athletics. Or the Vegas Athletics. They'll go with one of those. But yeah, and they they're one of the oldest teams in the league. When you watch Field of Dreams, one of the players that comes back for the game is wearing a. It's a Baltimore A's jersey, but the A is green, like, and it's the white, the cream jersey. So, I don't we'll know. We'll see. I don't know. I have a weird feeling they might like change the jersey or even partially. They might finagle the name a little bit too, because Las Vegas A's to me doesn't roll off the tongue. Would they yeah. consider making them the Aces, like the Las Vegas Aces, or no? Uh, and then you could still call them the A's. We're the A's. We're the Aces. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Snaggling sh- a little bit. Yeah, it wouldn't stun me if I had to bet on it. I would lean against it just because they're a hundred years old. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I feel bad for the people in Oakland, though. That's two well, teams just, they lost now. Well, they're just so bad. They're stuck with the freaking. Yeah, the but that's not why they're leaving. Lots of teams no. are bad. Yeah, but they're like nobody wants to go to the games. I know, I know. The the Rays are sixteen and three, and no one wants to go to their games. <laughs> and it's not a Tampa Bay thing; it's a stadium thing. Yeah, I know. So you know, because we see what the Amelie Arena. You think hockey's more popular? Baseball in Florida? Get out of here if that's your take. But yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting though. Vegas goes from zero of the Big Four to three of the Big Four. It's a sports town now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So here's the thing that bothers me: Scherzer gets ejected. For having rosin on his hand. But the thing that bothers me the most is that Jermaine didn't get ejected for using rosin. 
and he had very similar issue that Max Scherzer had. Jermaine comes off the mound. I watched John Boy's breakdown of it, and he says, like, oh, you got to go wash this off. I can't have you using rosin from the, the, the locker room or the dugout. You have to use it when you're on the mound. And he washes his hands, goes back out to the mound, comes back, and same problem. And they're like, okay, same thing. You got to wash it. You can only use the rosin on the mound or whatever. I'm probably, you know, missing a key. You're paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. And then eventually his shit got together and you could see the, the rosin bag on the mound was moving. He was using it a lot more and things were fine. Well, Scherzer, I mean, we got the same incident and this guy's ejected like immediately. Like what are we not treating the rule the same way? Or why? Well, I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense. It's the same problem. They deemed it rosin. So how which does is Jermaine illegal? Correct? Which is the one legal substance? It is legal, obviously in moderation. You can't go out there and just stick your hand in a tub of rosin. You know what I mean? Like it's legal. Um, it is up to the umpire's discretion on how they want to deem if it was a legal amount or not. But from what I've seen, Jermaine had way more rosin on his hand than Scherzer did, and he got to stay in the game. So like, we gotta, we gotta like come down with a set of rules here and there has to be a fine line of what's legal and what's not to determine. Cause like, I don't think Scherzer should have been ejected at all. It, it kind of bothers me that this rule ain't being called one way down the middle. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing gives me a pit because I like, I will never legal. forget. Yeah. And I'll never forget the 2021 season as long as I live. Um, and freaking the game, the first game back from the rule being changed, I was at, and Tyler Glasnow got injured, and we still haven't seen him pitch more than like three games since. Mm-hmm. And that that's crazy to me. So thinking about any of the sticky stuff conversation really like bugs me. And so, yeah, seeing that happen to Scherzer yesterday really sucked. And then that looks bad for him because people are like, oh, he was cheating. But he wasn't. There was nothing what he did wrong. I mean, it gives him, like, a bad reputation. You could see how, like, upset he was. It, yeah. it just shouldn't have happened. If you're going to eject, you either got to – you have to make it clear what the rules are going to be. Because in my opinion, and I know I'm not the only one, a lot of people's opinion, Jermaine's sticky rosin was a lot worse than Scherzer, and there was no discipline whatsoever. Absolutely. That's fair. It's very fair. So that's a little brief touch on MLB. If you want to get more into the MLB conversation, you could tune in at 2 p.m. today, just in two hours from now, where I will be hosting Crosstown Crosstalk with my good friend Brian Knights. Very excited to get talking about some college baseball and, you know, the White Sox and what's going on there. Some more breakdown of everything that's going on. Make sure you tune in at 2 p.m. Looking forward to it. Frank, what are we watching this weekend? Did you watch Survivor yesterday? I did not watch Survivor yesterday. You told me I wouldn't be caught up, though, and I'm caught up. We ran three straight episodes that night because you told me I wouldn't be caught up by now. You were wrong. You were wrong. We caught up on all of our shows pretty much from when our little moving area there where we didn't have much time to watch TV. And we're fully caught up on Survivor, except for yesterday's episode. I haven't watched yesterday's Mando either. Please so I find a way to watch it. Please, okay. Because the, there was a scene 
It might be. I've been watching Survivor for a long time. Okay, you two- said this last season too, when freaking the no leg chick, no Noel, when she hit that freaking thing, you said the same thing. You don't know what I'm going to say though. You don't know what I'm going to say. I've been watching Survivor for a long time, right? Two seasons a year. They're on season 44. I've been watching it since the seasons were well into their 20s. So I've been watching for quite a while. I've watched over 20 seasons of Survivor. Yeah. This was... I can't think of a more funny thing that's ever happened since I've been watching. funny? Yeah. I have not think... I've never seen probably something as funny as I saw. Me, G, Tony were watching it. It had all of us laughing out loud. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I like, I'm getting like, I'm thinking about it now and I'm starting to laugh because it was just so funny. It was something that, you know, one of us might've done or like would do to like each other. Like what we see, it was just, it was pure gold. It Did was everybody laugh on the show? Everybody was laughing and stunned. It was like, it is, am I going to know right away what you're talking about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It is going to go. You'll see this on YouTube videos in the future. Like you search up, obviously not now, but in the future, a year from now, funniest moments in survivor history. This might be on the list at number one. It was hilarious. It was just, that's really funny. I can't wait for you to see it. All right. I, I hope will make you think sure it's as funny as I did. I'm sure I will. I will make sure that that is something that gets done for sure. Oh. That's really funny. I'm I'm pumped now. I mean, I love I love this season. This has been a great because I kind of think this is 42, 44 or 44. 43 was a bad season to start with. It was. It, it was. was. It was because like and listen, I, I liked it. I liked it because I know what it could have been, and it's been explained to me that well, what it could be. But there weren't really many blind sides. There wasn't drama. It was like it's. I don't know if you've watched way more than me. I would venture to guess it was one of the cleaner seasons of Survivor. It was one of the worser seasons that I've ever watched. And I love Gabler, so I'm super happy with the way it ended and that I watched the season and all of that. But like, it was definitely a clean season. It went according to plan. Like, mm-hmm. like. There wasn't it wasn't really messy or anything like that. You could tell this season is a little bit a little bit more interesting, mm-hmm. I will say. Oh yeah. So I, I will report back on that. I There's can't a wait to watch it. Yeah. And then of course all weekend sports. Yeah. Baseball, hockey, basketball. Uh the NFL draft is next week. We will preview it on bar down next week. I'm very much looking forward. We'll probably dedicate period three to the NA- NFL draft. Um, and kind of skip the pop culture stuff for one week because I am very much interested. Who are the Bears going to take at nine? Are they going to trade back? Who's going to be the number one quarterback taken? Will the number one pick be used on a quarterback? I think it will. Um, where does Jalen Carter get drafted to? How many, you know, where does the Northwestern kid get drafted? We're not the football show on this pro on this network, but we're going to, we're the night, we're, we're draft Eve and we're going to be on top of it too. So I hope everybody tunes into our show in addition to all the other great football shows on the network. And then Frank, I would say there's a 50% chance we watch infinity war on Sunday afternoon. Katie's first ever viewing of my all time favorite movie. Yeah. My all time favorite movie. If I could pick one movie. That's a good movie to have. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm I like Endgame better. 
Endgame might be a better overall movie in terms of like. I get what you're saying. Like no movie ever left, no event in life ever left me more shocked. Like, you know, outside of like tragedy or whatever, I'm talking like of things that are like, you know, sports, entertainment wise, nothing ever left me more shocked. I honestly think the Kraken winning the Stanley Cup would create less shock for me than um, what happened in Endgame. Mm-hmm. The Hawks winning Bedard and then winning the Stanley Cup next year would create less shock for me than <laughs> um, what happened in Infinity War. I'm being dead serious. I'm I've like, never been more shocked at anything I've watched in my entire life. I know Katie's had her ups and downs with this series, with the Marvel series. Yeah. I think, I think this is the movie that reels you in. I agree. I know it did for me. I mean, I love the movies anyway, but this was the movie that was like, I'm on the boat and we're sailing and not looking back like this. I I didn't want to talk when Infinity War ended. When you know what happens, I my mind went to places that I didn't know it could go. It was. It was almost like it was almost like the movie created like a drug in your brain, like it it sent a chemical through my brain that like took me to places I had never been. And it was awesome in like a very cold hearted, chilling way. Yeah. I mean, I you couldn't really have said it better to yourself, myself. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It was just I, unbelievable. Yeah. I hope that becomes a thing. If it's not this weekend, it'll be soon. And we're going to be hanging tomorrow. Damn. Fuck. I don't want to see you. What I do want to see from you is you make me some money. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. And our America's favorite podcast (laughs) segment of the week, Breaking Bets. Where's my money, bitch? <laughs> Frank, you're done with Thrones now. I know you're almost done with Last of Us. I had a good conversation with my pal D at the Chicago White Sox versus Philadelphia Phillies game yesterday. It's time for you to watch Breaking Bad. When you're done with The Last of Us, I will hear no excuses. I will hear no I got, excuses. I got one more show before that, and then it's Breaking Bad. What is it? House of Dragon. Just one Oh! Season. Oh! You're going to watch House of Dragon? Yeah. I haven't even watched it yet. Yeah. I haven't watched House of... Oh, maybe we'll run it together. Like, not physically together, yeah, but no, like... You, yeah. Ooh, you're really about yeah. to watch House of Dragon? Yeah, so I'm going to... I have two episodes of The Last of Us. So I'm not going to start House of Dragon today, because I'll probably finish The Last of Us today. Yeah, and, and then, then the weekend. And then the weekend will be tough. We got a busy weekend. I'll see yeah, you Yeah, I got a heavily busy weekend, too. But the start of next week, is probably when I'll dive in maybe into how and that... then and then when now officially finished Game of Thrones universe, I got the last of us completely behind us, then it's time to focus on Breaking Bad and we'll start that. And then after Breaking Bad, it's better call Saul. So yeah, I, I kind of got can... this mental plan in my my head. Very good. I can't wait for you to watch Breaking Bad, but Every single night when hockey's over, I have to do – I'm either doing – because the Devils and Oilers are on off days. 
mm-hmm. um, I have to do each series, and I could throw some House of Dragons on while I do my recaps at like one in the morning, no doubt. I actually might make that happen. I, I would like to watch House oh. of Dragons. Oh! <laughs> well, I, you know me, I love the Game of Thrones universe. So I, I actually am thrilled to do that. I'm surprised um, you haven't done it already. Well, here's what happened. I watched the first 20 minutes of the first episode of House of Dragons, and I liked it. But I was oh, getting heavy. Did. I was getting heavy-eyed. Oh, so and you started? No, but listen. First 20 minutes of the first episode. Mm-hmm. Got heavy-eyed, said, I don't want to miss anything. I turned it off. Mm-hmm. Sunday became Wednesday, and you know it became next Sunday quickly, and I hadn't finished yeah. the episode. All of a sudden, three weeks are gone by. I'm three episodes behind after starting the first 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm going to watch the whole season binged. And I made that decision, and I haven't done it yet. But I did start the first 20 minutes, and I, I liked what I saw to start. So, And you know you know, if our pal D likes something, it's really good. If he doesn't like something, that doesn't mean it's bad. But if he likes oh, – excuse me. If he likes something, that means it's good. Yeah, and you know, Travis here in the chat says uh, it's a letdown from Thrones, not going to lie. Well, you know, he says it starts off great. Well, I mean, it's hard to live up to what Thrones did, right? Like, that's going to be tough to recreate. And being a prequel, I don't think it's – it's not meant to really be better than Game of Thrones. In my head, I'm not going in thinking I'm going to like it better than Game of Thrones. No, me either. But I think – I'm just I want a good storytelling of what happened in the past. And I think if, if I get that it'll it'll live up to my expectations of what I think's gonna happen. I don't know yeah. what you're looking at or like what you think's gonna happen, but I Well know. I know I know what the show is about and I like the idea of where that might take us in season two, season so three, season four. And like that that's very compelling to me. So like I'm not gonna necessarily look at it as like how great is season one, how what is it compared to Game of Thrones? It's more like it's more like where can this thing go if they proceed to do it the correct way? And I I was stunned when you didn't try to die on the hill that season eight was good because season eight was terrible except for like three scenes in the whole season, it was just disgusting TV. And so maybe, maybe we give game of Thrones recent memory a little too much credit, but I like where the, ch- the chance of where this could go from here in terms of house of dragons, but then so you got breaking bad and you get to learn all about Jesse Pinkman and the guy who yells, where's my money, bitch. And you'll get every Breaking Bad reference for the rest of time, and that. I want you to start The Last of Us. Okay, I mean, I would love to start The Last of Us. I didn't play the game; I was never a PlayStation I mean, owner. I'm, but... I'm sitting here starting every show, and it's time for you to do the same with me. Right? Is that what you think? Yeah. I'm, I'm watching it all, baby. I'm gonna watch, like I you said, know what, and then I just we... I want to get caught up with everything. Yeah. It, it is a little like so busy in personal life too, but at the it's same time, like I know, I know, and I, I will hit it. I will hit it. And you know, the first round is intense. It's hard to start a show during mm-hmm. the first round. Um, but once we die down and we'll eventually become a one sport athlete for three months in the summer when it's just baseball until that that'll be when I hit it, but then there's Big Brother. There's Big Brother. I can't wait. We'll have to talk about that when the cast is released. And yeah, yeah, 
Absolutely. Can't wait for that, actually. So, Frank, why don't you make America some money? Here comes the money. We had a first time ever last week. You went over? No. <laughs> we had our first ever push. Ooh. <laughs> oh, because you normally I, make three picks. You made four. No, I made I made three last week. Oh, but one of your bets was a push. So you got a one on there now. Ah, I so, see. So the way it works is because a push – acts the same as you get your money back like the bet was never made so that's not factored into the winning percentage because it's like the bet was never made so it's just off to the side so the 52 percent is just taking into consideration 25 out of 48 games and not the 49 games but i still want to acknowledge the pick so we know how many picks were made so we're 25 three and one the push was in nhl it was an over under and i had the under like six and there were six goals so we got a push um, I'm excited for today's slate. I'll start off with the NHL, and I'm also going to do – this is the first time ever I'm breaking bets. I'm giving a parlay because there's really no value just taking one side unless you want to risk a boatload of money. I'm going to parlay the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights simply because you know it's in my head I feel it hard to believe either of these teams losing two in a row at home with how dominant they could be. Um, I like the Colorado Avalanche to even up the series, and I like the Knights to even up the series. But I just – I don't know. I just – I think that there is a possibility that the Kraken go up 2-0. I don't really see the Knights going down 2-0, but I do think that there's a possibility that the Colorado Avalanche could go down 2-0. But they've just been so dominant that I just think there's value in parlaying them, and you parlay them, and your value increases the plus 136, which is a very de- decent payout. So – I'm, I'm, there's really no research involved in these picks. It's just I just don't see them going down 2-0 in their respective homes. I just I don't. So that's my pick for that. Second pick in the NBA, this one's a little sketchy because right now in the NBA playoffs, despite one game, which is the Suns and Clippers, every game it just seems like there's some pretty big favorites. But I want to focus in on the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets game. 76ers grabbed a 2 lead in the series, and now tonight will be Game 3. Brooklyn Nets lost a lot of key guys uh, during this during the regular season. They lost Kyrie. They lost Kevin Durant. And I think the only reason they made the playoffs was because of what those players did during the regular season to elevate the team. But then when they lost those guys, they haven't been the same team. However, I do think they're not going to get swept. I think they're going to steal a game here. Or if they do get swept, they're going to keep one of these games at home close. I think that'll be tonight. I like the Nets plus 5.5 at minus 130. The Nets have gotten blown out in back-to-back games in Game 1 and Game 2, but I do think they're going to steal one or keep it close tonight. So I'll take the 5.5 points. If they lose tonight, the series is over, and I don't, and I think they might get blown out in Game 4. So hopefully the plan is they could keep it close tonight, maybe get the win, but at least cover the five and a half points minus 130. I think that's very reasonable here. I think the line would be a little bit higher if, you know, the books thought they were going to get blown out. I mean, you lost by 12 and then more than 20. And now the line's only like, the line is only four and a half. I bumped it up to five and a half. So I know everybody's jumping on the four and a half because they've seen what's gone on the past couple nights in the blowout. So I'm going to take the five and a half here, bump it up a point and still have great value at minus 130. We shall see. The NBA is weird. The NBA is where they're more likely to have sweeps, but 
if the Bucks couldn't even sweep, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if the Nets could keep this one close. So Nets plus five and a half, minus one thirty. Off to the final pick, which is in the MLB. I'm I'm tossing and turning on two different picks here. I don't know what to do. This is tough. This is tough, especially with these early shows, because you you know you, you can't get with with the game I'm focusing in on. It'll be at eight forty tonight. So I mean, a lot of news hasn't come out about that game, but it has to do. There's two games I'm leaning on. I don't know. I don't know what to do, VP. What are they? One game focuses on the Mets and Giants, and one game focuses on the Padres and Diamondbacks. I might just give both and say, screw it. We'll have four picks this week. There's no harm. Breaking Diamondbacks news. Uh Uh-oh, let's hear it. They have designated starting pitcher Madison Bumgardner for assignment. He will no longer be a member of the team going forward. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Interesting, actually. Um, He pitched uh, yesterday, so it won't impact today. He got in a little altercation with Wilson Contreras yesterday. You might remember seeing the clip on Twitter. I'm going to give four picks. I'll give two baseball picks here because I don't know which way to go. So first pick, Mets at Giants. Kodai Senga is pitching. He has been an absolute stud through his first three games. Um, he's been unreal. He's two and zero. He's got a three thirty eight ERA. He's had his first game. He had eight strikeouts. Second game, six Ks. Third game, seven Ks. Seven Ks. I think we find some regression here in his game, though. So I'm not going to pick a winner of, of, of the Mets or the Giants. I'm going to take his strikeout total under five and a half at plus one seventeen. Total is very low, and I think the reason behind that is because I think the books are going to kind of agree with me that there should be regression here. I don't think he's going to keep his strikeout game as high as we've seen. They're playing the Giants who, you know, could bat some balls around. You know, it'll be, in my opinion, it's going to be hard to strike them out. We'll, we'll see. But I like the under 5.5Ks at plus 117. And then my other pick that I was kind of going back and forth on is the Padres at the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks find themselves at right around plus 120. And I like that. I like the way the Diamondbacks have been playing, and I've hated the way the Padres have been playing. Um, I'm looking at right now that the Diamondbacks have 55% of bets on them, but 80% of the money, which is huge. That means the the, the Sharks, um, the Sharp picks, they're all coming in on the Diamondbacks because the way they've been playing, Nelson's been pitching great this year. Walk has been a little sus. I don't like the way that the Padres bats have been swinging this year. So I'm going to lean uh, Diamondbacks money line at home at plus 120 as well. That was a surprise pick. I, I was on the fly. I wasn't planning on it, but I saw some stuff, and I'm going to lean Diamondbacks plus 120 at home. I like it, Frank. I really like the pick. That's very interesting. Um, so four picks this week. Let's four hit picks. it. Let's hit I it. Think- I think next year what I should do when it comes to breaking bets, because this was a learning well, this was a learning progress this year, first time I've ever done it, is I should give out unit picks, like say like you guys should take the Diamondbacks for three units and then keep track of like the total win loss on units, because that's what a lot of like professional sports betters do, is they, they give out units and they could say, Oh, at the end of the day I was up four units. Um because sometimes I feel like the record doesn't show as good as like I've been like we'd be ahead units right now because 
I might choose a lot of underdogs and that's where a lot of my losses come in, but a lot of my wins could be underdogs as well, which is you're getting a lot of money from those picks. You so your I mean? earnings, your earnings might not pers- uh, reflect your percent chance. Like if, no, like not at yeah. all. Like we might be up, like say, say you were betting a unit, one unit was a hundred dollars. We might be up 10 units right now, but our percentage only shows we have 52%, which is not reflecting what, how like good we're actually doing. Like, if I were to take Colorado money line just straight up at minus 120 and they lose, I'm going to take a heavy loss for that. But I might take the Diamondbacks to win at plus 120 and I might take a healthy profit from that. But you're not seeing that. Like most of the wins could be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe next year at the start of next year, I'll start doing that. But because I, I feel like the, the percentage isn't a healthy reflection on the productivity so that's all i got for you my little rant very good frankie's trying to make everybody some money here comes the money i hope everybody enjoyed this show man early start i gotta be right back on air in an hour and a half and then when that show's over i gotta be right back on air in an hour and a half after that to do devil's pregame it's a busy day vp's just gonna be on the air the whole day literally that's what sports are all about though come say hi i'll be here i'm not going anywhere folks um, we will have Brian Knights at two o'clock. Um, Frank, come talk baseball. Stop being a loser. Jesus. You like um, baseball? I, yeah. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. We went over the entire Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, talked some BS in the third period, some shows, some basketball. My Kings are going to win the NBA title, even though Frankie doesn't think so. Um, sweet. Are you even a Kings fan? Wow, well, like, Kings fan. Like, I'm in. like, like, let's go, Kings. They're gonna win. I think they win the series. I hope so. I sure hope so. But um, yeah, fun show. I thank you for coming on early and making that adjustment for me to be able to check out the Sox game in person yesterday. Um, they stink, but we'll be here to talk about it at two p.m. with Brian Knights. Also talk about the Pepper Trail a little bit that he took with Carl. I'm very excited to speak with him about that. So talk a little Mississippi thank State you, Travis, baseball. You have great shoes. I appreciate that. Yep, thank you. Um, my shoes stink, but he met show, so thank you, Travis. Um, Frank, I can't thank you enough. Aldo, thank you. It was great to do it in the morning today. I enjoyed it, and I'm going to go have some lunch before my next show. I hope everybody enjoyed. Make sure you watch Plenty of Hockey. Make sure you tune into the baseball show. Make sure you watch the Let's Go Devils game day live at 4.45, I think we're starting today. We have Chico Resch coming on the show today. Going to be talking with my guy Chico, longtime Devils slash Islanders goalie and, you know, Devils color commentator. He's coming on the show today outside of American Whiskey. Um, Very much looking forward to that. I hope the Devils are able to pick out a big win tonight. We're hopeful. And I can't thank everybody enough for commenting, chatting, watching Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, anywhere you're watching the show. It has been absolutely my pleasure, Frank. I hope you have a good weekend. I'm going to see you two out of the three weekend days. And as Always, thank you for listening.